Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for today, your great blessing on our lives. We are grateful. Speak to our hearts in a special way today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, in the house of God. Well, I'm happy to tell you that uh, on my way here, I passed through the center and... uh, the roofing sheets are being put on as we are speaking. So, hopefully, we'll soon be gone. But I'm sure people are going to vote that we should come back to Jesus, Savior of the World Square, to enjoy some vitamin D. They said uh, 90% or I don't know what percentage of... Um, those who have something to do with this called corona have a low vitamin D. So that low vitamin D is very involved in um, the COVID. So I don't, I'm not, I don't have the article here. Maybe I'll get it before I come back. So it's a blessing to be in, enjoying vitamin D. Vitamin D is sunshine. All right? So, and it's also preparing you for your holiday on a beach. You don't believe it, eh? Those who believed it have seen it practically and are surprised that it is real. The prophecy you believe is the prophecy that you will receive. Amen. Today, I'm going to ask you to give a special gift towards the roof of our church. I think the roofing sheets alone cost about 250000 something like that. I don't know. I don't have the exact figures, but... Or is it 450000 450, CDs? That's half a... Half a Half a million, yes. 450,000 CDs. The sheets. Not the trusses or the metals. Do you understand? Do you see why people don't build no nothing? Huh? It's It's so expensive. So today I'm going to ask you, everybody should believe God to give one. One what? One thousand, one million, one hundred, ten thousand, hundred thousand, all are in the number one because there's one before the zeros. Tell your neighbor a number of zeros come before the one also comes. 
You know, do you, have you noticed that I rarely tell you the cost of things? Have you noticed that? I rarely, because I, I, I myself don't like hearing the cost. So one of the people that doesn't work with me is a quantity surveyor. That is those whose job it is to tell you the cost of what you are doing and what you are planning to do. That person has not prospered yet in my presence. You get it? My mind is that if it has to be done, it should be done. And we should trust God to get it done in the end. Do you see what I'm saying? So, I rarely tell you the price of things. But occasionally, I just drop it in to help you to appreciate what you are supporting and helping. Amen. And I know that God is going to bless you. So, the theme for our offering, because I always like to have a theme, is simple. Now, I shall reap many good things by this commanding seed I am sowing today. I shall reap, say I shall reap many good things by this commanding seed that I am sowing today. Amen. What is a commanding seed? It's a seed which commands a harvest to come. And your seed is going to call a harvest. Hosea chapter 8 verse 7, it says, For they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. It hath no stock, the bad shall yield no meal. If so be it yield, the strangers shall swallow it up now there is an eternal law that what you sow is what you will reap so when you sow the wind you are commanding a whirlwind to come so the first part of this offering theme is that I shall reap Bible says they shall reap the whirlwind. They shall reap the whirlwind. Everybody say, I shall reap from this commanding seed. Now, all of you listening to me, watching on television, on whichever television, Facebook, YouTube, call your neighbor and tell your neighbor, Neighbor, in the name of neighborliness, I am calling you to wake up and join the service now. In the name of what? Neighborliness. Now, the second theme, part of this theme, is very simple. And it says, I shall attract blessings to my life by today's offering." I shall do what? Attract blessings to my life by the offering I am giving today. So I shall reap and I shall attract. I shall reap and I shall attract. Do you want to attract something? 
Now, I'll show you from the Bible. Don't believe anything I say if it's not in the Bible, okay? But if it's in the Bible, you got to believe it. It says in Malachi 3, verse 10 says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. So bring tithes and offerings to the house and I will pour you a blessing. In other words, your seed that you bring is going to attract a blessing. You see, all through the Bible, one of the major themes of the Bible is the theme of blessings and curses. Curses are one of the main ways by which God punishes people who disobey him. It's like his tool to exact judgment on disobedience. It curses. All through the Bible, the very first person to place a curse in the Bible was God. On Adam and Eve. All right? So, things that attract blessings are very important. Now, listen, a blessing can come to you by words that are spoken or by something that is given to you. Something that is given to you. Something, an inanimate object or something that you eat or drink or whatever. That is why the Holy Communion is called the cup of blessing. So there are acts you can engage in that will attract blessings for your life. Are you listening to me? Oh, you are not sounding excited. Am I in the wrong church? I, I, think, I think I need to go for a crusade. You are tired of me now, isn't it? <laughs> Healing Jesus campaign, please organize a crusade. <laughs> there are things you can do Thou call blessings. Give and I'll pour you out blessings. So give and blessings. Remember what Jesus said. It's more blessed to give. There's a blessing in giving. Are you with me? There's a blessing in giving. How many want to attract blessings? Oh, blessings come to my direction. Come to my direction. Blessings come to my direction. Blessings come to my direction. Hallelujah. How many want to reap good things? Enjoy good things? Hallelujah. You know, one time, I prayed to the Lord to help me. I was going through some difficulty. And I prayed, and I think part of the prayer was, Lord, 
I've helped many people and many people's lives. Help me too. Help me. Help me. You see, I was calling on God to remember the seed that I've sown in people's lives and people's ministries and families. And many things I've tried to do to help people. And I was, I was using th- that seed to bargain with God and ask God to remember me and help me too. Because every time you sow a seed, you give a legal basis for you to reap something. Yes. A basis for you to reap something. That's why the Bible says, whatsoever, not only money, whatsoever, even wind, even wind, do you see, it's a seed. So, you know, as young, younger people, you know, our church is just young people. And it just happens, I mean, take me as a visiting uh, sort of pastor with the young people. You get what I'm saying? Because we want young people to do everything in this church. Yes. Youthfulness is beautiful. You know, some of our songs, if you take it out, they'll, they'll think we are joking. But we, when we sing a song, I really like you. I like you. There are real songs for those who are young can understand that. But grown-ups, may, they may not value it much. We may have to sing, Oh, perfect love, all human thoughts transcending. Oh, so I, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. Yes. I am saying that as young people, Okay, I want you to learn to give and to sow seed like bigger amounts as a young person. And you know, it's an advantage when, you see, there is a time that you will have certain responsibilities that has not come yet. At that time, even when you are sowing a seed, you see that, Charlie, this thing that I'm doing, eh, it can lead to a crisis. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. But there is a time in your life where sowing a certain seed may even mean you are going to ask your father for more pocket money. True or not true? But whatever it means, learn as a young person to sow. Yes. And I I feel that the first love church is Learning that more. And all my older children, they are all my children. I have children that are older than me even. Yes, I have children that are older than me. They are my children too. You know, Kenneth Hagin, when he died during his funeral, there was a black man who spoke at the funeral, a pastor of a big church. And he said, one day he was at a program with Kenneth Hagin, and Kenneth Hagin pointed to him and said, these are mine too. That the black man is also his child. 
even though he was white. So how can you give birth to a black child? But he was pointing out that they are mine. Because some of you may be wondering, how can somebody who is older than me be my child? It's a spiritual law. When you come to the house of God, we don't go by age. You can't look at Jesus and say you are a small boy, 30 years old. I mean, when you say blessed are the meek, blessed are the meek, you are a child. That's why you are saying blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek. Do you know what is practical in life? You are a child. You just became 30 years old. That's why you are saying blessed are the meek and blessed are the poor. <laughs> you don't understand prosperity. That's why now you are saying that. Blessed are the poor. Jesus was older. He said, before Abraham was, I am. So even though he was just 30 years old, he was higher spiritually. Hallelujah. Today, you are sowing a seed that is going to be speaking in the atmosphere and in the spirit and saying, come, come. All my children who need a blessing, you need a blessing from God. One of the ways to get a blessing is to sow a seed. It attracts blessings. It's true. It's true. It's true. Obedience attracts blessings. Sowing a seed attracts blessings. So brothers and sisters, a great thing is happening Right now, I see it in the atmosphere. Blessings are being directed. There are voices in the spirit realm that are redirecting blessings. Have you heard of this? About the blood of Jesus? He says, the blood of Jesus which speaketh better things than that of Abel. Even the blood speaks. Your offering speaks. It calls for blessings. Come the way of this one. Ladies and gentlemen, God is blessing us right now. And I want everybody to take out all the offering you want to give today. Your seed of 1,000, 10,000, 100,000 CDs, dollars, euros, every country wherever you are, you know how to give. Over here on the ground. No one should make yourself a poverty chairman of the church. Don't say to yourself, I've seen some rich people, but as for me, I'm not included. Never. Never, never in the name of Jesus. And today is the day of ones. One thousand, one hundred. Many of you want to give a hundred. Hundred dollars, hundred pounds, hundred euros. Thousand dollars. Trust God. Trust God. The blessing of God. Is coming in the spirit to your direction. Now, one day, some armed robbers came to somebody's house. And after when the police came, they came out of the house to look. Because the armed robbers came to a number of houses on that street. It was in Kumasi. And when they looked on the gate, they saw a mark. So what happened was that the armed robbers had come before and marked the houses. Are you with me? That we are coming to this house and to this house and to this house. I think they came to about 
two or three houses. So you are sleeping in your house and a curse has been directed towards your house. Do you understand what I'm talking about? But this time, by your offering, you are being marked for a blessing to come to your house and to your life in the name of Jesus Christ. May you never be in need because you chose to build the church of God with your life. Do you see on this mountain, when you are coming from Accra, you see Presby churches, Methodists. God bless if you could see them now in heaven. Missionaries who came here, Presbyterians, Methodists, 1847, and came to labor, even the sign of the church building, It's a sign for you to see that uh, a good person came to sow his life. They will never lose their reward. Never on this earth and in heaven and in eternity. Do something good for God. As you join to build churches, your seeds are building churches. Because those churches that are built there, that are being used in 2021, all those churches were built by people like you and me. Either there was a pastor who said, let's build it. And there were people who said, let me give. You know, last week I went towards, I don't want to mention the town because you may know who, but one of these towns on the mountains. And I came across a particularly beautiful church. You know, And uh, the brother who was with me told me that this church, Mr. So-and-so was a member of this church. And that is why the church is so nice. Because he really helped to build this either Presby or Methodist or whatever. That's their church. And it is, I mean, like it's nicer than all the churches I've seen in this area. You'll be one day mentioned as one of the people who helped to build the church. The man is dead, but his name has been mentioned, not of the houses that he owns in the area, but of the church that he helped to build. Because of him that the church is nice. I think he kept on doing it for them. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm not hearing you're beautiful very well. If you don't take care, you'll see a beautiful girl in your life. If you can't find that beautiful, I don't know what you are going to find beautiful. Beautiful. Take your tithes. Tithes must come. Pandemic or pandemic or pandemic. Eh? Tithes must come. Pay your tithes, your offering. Pay your second offering. What about if it rains? Let's look for clouds. There are no clouds because Hamatan has, has returned. Yes. No clouds. It's only hazy from the dust. So those of you who are watching online expecting that we will have a break for music. No. Today is Hamatan. All right? What a blessing. Those of you who don't have umbrellas, this is your opportunity to buy one. I think next week we should sell umbrellas 
let's have umbrellas uh, in the church. Because you must prepare for Independence Square, all of us with umbrellas, and then we are all going. You get what I'm saying? Beautiful. Let me pray over your attractive offering. Say my offering is attractive. Very attractive. Wow. When you say somebody is attractive, what does it mean? It means that she attracts. You see, you may be beautiful, but not attractive. You may be beautiful, but not attractive. And you may, you may be averagely beautiful. Like, let's say you are not outstanding or, I mean, not so noticeable. In a crowd, no one will pick you out. No one will pick you out. But you'll be attractive. Like, there is something about you that attracts. Lift up your offering. Father, let there be something about this offering that is attractive. That attracts a blessing. I thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Bless everyone a hundredfold, a hundredfold in things that money cannot buy, in solutions that money cannot do, money cannot solve, but your power solves. Thank you. As we pray for all those giving. Online, in America, in England, in Germany, in Spain, in Switzerland, everywhere there is a lockdown and churches cannot meet and we are all part of this service. Bless everyone in their houses ah, to see the end of this crisis. Thank you for a blessing that flies through our windows this week and in the weeks to come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Whatever you lack, I predict it has already arrived in your house. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bye.
So he divided unto them his living. Mm. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted his substance on riotous living. Oh, yeah. And he spent everything. No, you must be quick to believe. Be quick to obey.
arose and he went to his father. But when he was a long way off, his father saw him. And he had compassion and he ran and he fell on him. And he kissed his son and this is what he said. He said, bring for the robes and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and even get some shoes and bring forth the fatted calf. Let's kill and eat. Let's have a party. For my son was dead, but he's alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. You must be quick to believe and be quick to be quick to obey. Hallelujah. Wonderful. You must be quick to obey. Tell your neighbor, be quick to obey. Oh, I don't know. Have I done something wrong today? Said, so tell your neighbor, you must be quick to obey. Amen. And today, God is going to help you to obey every difficult instruction he has given you. In Jesus' name. All right. Well, stand to your feet. It's time for the word of God. And... Um, this afternoon, I don't know how much longer we'll be here at the Jesus Savior of the World Square, um, but I'm sure today we'll be given an update by Prophet. And I know that if it's not this Tuesday, then it's next Tuesday or the Tuesday after. But one of these Tuesdays, the the, the church will be ready for us. Amen. And um, I'm excited to introduce our preacher for today. He is the prophet of our church, and. It's, it's known to regularly be a vessel of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that this afternoon is no exception. And here at our church, we are privileged to have an apostle and a prophet here. And a great anointing to speak to us every Sunday. And although we have many brother and sister churches, none of them have the privilege and the blessing that we have to have our pastor and our father here this afternoon. And so if you are here for the first time, I know a lot of people are here from the mountains today. Mount, if you live on the mountains, please wave at me. Beautiful. A lot of people from the mountains. God bless you. You are welcome to church today. And I believe your life is about to be transformed by the blessing and the word that God has for you. And so we're going to sing a song that says, nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. And I believe that as we sing, your heart will begin to trust and believe God even more. And every impossible situation is being made possible. 
Come on and help me sing. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible when you trust in His word. Hearken to the voice of God to me. Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word. For everything, oh everything, yes, everything is possible. Now, just the ladies, just the ladies, let me hear you sing. Nothing is impossible. Now, brothers, respond. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in His word. Now, everybody, hearken to the voice of God. Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God. Up on the rocks, give me a wave. Rest upon His word for everything. Everybody lift your hands and declare everything. everything. Yes, everything is possible. Give the Lord a shout of victory and let's welcome Bishop Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. I can't hear your hand clap. Tell the nearest brother nothing is impossible. Tell the nearest sister nothing is impossible. Tell the nearest girl who doesn't have a beloved, nothing is impossible. I give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your blessing today in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. A great door is opened. Amen. Now, if you don't have a seat at our crusades, we don't have seats. So, we stand throughout praises, worship, offering, preaching, miracles, everything to closing prayer. There's no chair. So, there's nothing so unusual. All right? That's a blessing. Now, today... I'm sharing with you from 1 Corinthians 16, verse 8 and 9. I will tarry at Ephesus and Pentecost for a great door and effectual is open and there are many adversaries. Amen. So, the subject is a great door is open. Can you hear me over there? All right, I like the people out there. They really look cozy. Now, God is opening a great door for you in your life. And God is showing us. By the way, do you want to know why the sun is shining so much today? Do you want me to tell you why? Are you sure you want me to tell you what is happening? Because some people complained about the rain. So, now he's giving you the sun. So, don't complain, you know. You should take it as it, like that. You, you see now. Those who said it's raining, whatever. Now, look at it. 
It's giving us dryness with the sunshine. Mercy. Are you sorry? Okay. Now, a great door, God has opened a great door for your life. And some of the ways you see God has opened a great door is when you go to a new place and you see that a door is open. When you see you are not dead, a great door. You know, when I was getting up from down there to come and preach, I thank God that he has, I like, I'm alive to come and preach. I could have been dead, sleeping in my grave this afternoon. But I'm here preaching. And I thank God for the opportunity to get up like my body was moving. My body was moving. And I was taking steps. And I was coming. Because there comes a time that your body will not move to where you are thinking you are going. And it won't go anywhere. Brother, people will carry you. Are you listening? So, a great opportunity, if God has found you alive, has been opened unto you. A great opportunity. Now, with this great opportunity, the Bible says, are many adversaries. Adversary means enemy. Okay? And so last week, I began to show you four enemies that you can encounter that exist for everybody in your great door. When I say a great door, if you are young and you have life ahead of you, it's a great opportunity. Don't joke with it. A great door is open before you. When you have an opportunity to serve, it's a great door that is open to you. When Joseph was asked to go and serve the butler and the baker, that was it. That was his door out of the prison. By being asked to serve those two guys, he had a dream about, or they had dreams. You know, I once met a prophet and he said, when I physically see people, that I dream about them. Or if I'm close with them during the day, I dream about them. And sometimes the gift manifests when you get near a person who needs the gift. And then it starts to work. Are you listening? Now, the first enemy is or are men. The first one, number one, men. When the Bible says, beware of men. So, last week I was sharing with you about the types of men. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24, and I don't know why the women don't keep shouting. Why, why do you only say men? What about gender balance? We need, if there's something bad, we want to be in it as well. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24. It says, Rise ye up, take your journey, pass over the river Anon. Behold, I have given to your hand 
Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon. All right? And his land. So God has given you, he's, he's, he's saying it present continuous. In the present continuous tense. I have given you, or past tense. Which one is it? Is it present continuous or past? Those of you English professors, help us. I know somebody who was an English professor down there. All right? And begin to possess it. So begin to possess what God has given you. And contend with him in battle. Wow. So God wants you to contend with Sihon the Amorite who represents your enemies who are in your land. By the way, God gives often when he's giving you something, it usually was for somebody. Yes. Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. I have given you his land. That was for somebody. So if the beloved you have was once a beloved of somebody, as a second-hand beloved, you'll be surprised that it is King Heshbon and his land. An Amorite. And his land. And his beloved. Are you listening to me? Maybe you are sitting on a chair in a position and you'll be surprised that that position was somebody else's position and you have actually taken somebody's place most places are second hand, third hand fourth hand places people who didn't appreciate it and who were not worthy of what they were given are replaced by those who are worthy. And that's why Paul said, I thank God counting me worthy of his calling and putting me into the ministry. If you don't know, almost everybody who works for me, I have, and I'm talking about directly, I usually have somebody I remember who once had that place one way or another. Almost everybody. Almost every single person. So, see I have given you Sihon the Amorites, the king of Heshbon, and his land. I've given it to you. Start fighting. Start what? That's why your favorite book should be The Good General. Because in that book, you will see strategies to keep fighting 
and fighting and fighting and fighting. Now, the fact that some God has given you something doesn't mean it's going to come naturally floating on a pink cloud. Descending on, on a pink cloud and landing before you. Just because it's yours. And just because God has decided that this is yours. Doesn't mean there will be no fight. It is yours, but there will be a fight. Because there is a fight for every square foot of land. No land is uncontested. No calling is uncontested. No seat is uncontested. There is a contest for your seat, for your place, for your calling. I once heard Asam say, I remember uh, Bishop Oedipo said the same thing. He said, No calling goes uncontested. No calling goes uncontested. You will be contested for every square meter of your calling. Are you listening to me? Now, you have to know who you are fighting. And you must start these fights. Yes. You must start fighting for what God has given you. Fight to take possession. And fight to move forward. Because a great door and effectual is open unto you. Kenneth Hagin said, if you look good to get him, you've got to look good to keep him. If you behave nicely to get him, You've got to behave nicely to keep him. Behold, I have given you Sihon, the Amorite. Your calling, your church, your ministry, a nation, a country, a place. It's not going to just stay with you. But it's something you're going to fight for. Hello. Hello. Hey, over there, up there. Please. Hello. The man wearing white. The person next to you is wearing a red cap. Hello. Don't talk when I'm preaching. I can see you. Okay. Wave to me if you understand what I'm saying. Yes. The two of you. Yeah, exactly. I have to contest with you in battle. <laughs> Even though I'm preaching, I must contend. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Now, today my subject is the devil's garden. The devil's garden. Because I am moving on to the second enemy. 
which is going to contest with you all the way through to the end. The devil's garden. Now, when we finish the preaching, you can go and Google the devil's garden. Now, in North Africa, during the Second World War, there was a town called El Alamein. And it was the place of a very severe battle during the Second World War. Those of you who know about the Second World War, there was a general called Rommel. General Rommel. He was at a point called the Desert Fox. And he was responsible for the war for the Germans in North Africa. That is Egypt and those other places, Libya and so on. Now, when they were defending El Alamein and the British were fighting for it, and by the way, somebody like Derek Prince was in that area. (laughs) He was a soldier. Now, they placed mines, more than three million mines on the floor. Do you know what is a mine? A mine is a bomb. A little bomb. Like the size of... um, When you are going this way, you see the fountain. The love fountain over there, the jedo is going over there. You see something in the ground that it's coming out of that thing, something like that, but maybe smaller and bigger. And the mine is a bomb that is in the ground, in the grass. You can't see it. And it responds to pressure. If you step on it and you put a bit of pressure on it, it will explode. And if you drive over it, it will explode. And some of them, if you drive near, not on, it will also explode. So, they planted mines around the city, about three million mines around El Alamein. And it was called the Devil's Garden. Are you with me? Now, this garden, consisting of mines and other things, was left there so that any advancing forces, force will step on it or drive over it and they'll be blown up. And most of the casualties came from that. But they gave it the name The Devil's Garden. Now, The next enemy that you will encounter in your life is what I call the devil's garden. There are things that are sleeping and waiting for you to step on them. And when you apply some pressure on it, it will explode and it will destroy. By the way, the devil's garden 
which is this place around El Alamein, the most of the mines are still there. So don't go there. Numbers chapter 22, verse 2. Numbers 22, verse 2. I want you to listen very carefully to this part because most Christians don't understand this. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites, and Moab was afraid. And Moab was what? The devil is afraid of you rising up, I'm telling you. Now Moab said to the elders, this company shall lick up everybody. They will lick us out. We are finished. So Balak at that time was the king of the Moabites. And he sent messengers to Balaam, who was a prophet, which is by the river. And he said, behold, there is a people come out of Egypt. And they are covering the face of the earth. They abide over against me. You know, our church is in 90 countries and more than 90. And your life is destined to be a very great life. Yes. Because God is going to use you mightily. Amen. Now, the king of Moab, Moab said, Come now therefore I pray thee, curse me these people. Curse them for me. For they are too mighty for me. They are too powerful. Curse them. And peradventure I will prevail so that we might smite them and I will drive them out of the land. For I know that whom you bless is blessed and who you curse is cursed. Wow. And God came to Balaam and said, what men are these? And God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse them for they are blessed. And Balaam rose up and said, God says, I should not go. But Balaam came and said, I will promote you to great honor. I will do whatsoever you say. Come, I pray, curse these people. Do you see how much the enemy wants you to be cursed? Curse can change the outcome of a war. Can change the outcome of an election. Can change the outcome of your future. That's what a curse can do. A curse can change your future. And Balaam kept on. Now, the mind that you step on, that when you put pressure on, it explodes, represents the curses that are in the system. And that as soon as you pressurize one, you will activate something that will change your life. And when you come to this world, you immediately encounter a devil's garden, not demons. A land full of minds that when you step on this and you do too much
much of whatever and too much pressure goes on it, it will explode and it will change your future. And that is what is called the devil's garden. The many curses that were here before you came, you, didn't, you, you were not there when they were spoken. Sometimes you are there. And that alone can finish you. So you've come into a world full of these curses. A minefield. And God came to Balaam in the night. Again. And he said, if they go, if they come, go. Now, God's anchor was kindled because he went. This is a famous story. It's mentioned in the New Testament, even up to the book of Revelations. And he was riding on his ass. And the ass saw the angel standing in the way. And his sword drawn in his hand. Sometimes the dogs you hear in the night, wailing in your area, sometimes they see certain things passing by. And they, they, they start crying. How many have heard the dogs in your area? They seem to have something is worrying them. Yes. The ass saw something. He saw the angel with the sword drawn. And he was disturbed. And she thrust herself onto the wall. And the ass saw the angel and she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled and he smote the ass with a staff. I've been on a horse which fell down before. I was riding the horse and the horse fell down like Balaam's ass and it fell down and I was under the horse. My leg was under the horse. Yeah. So he smote it and then the ass spoke. Am I not thine ass? Upon which, upon which thou hast written ever since I was unto this day. Eh? Was I ever want to do so unto thee? And the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. And he saw the angel standing in the way. And his sword drawn. And the angel of the Lord said. Why have you smitten thine ass these three times? I went out to withstand thee because thy way is perverse. And the ass saw me and turned for me these three times. Unless you had turned for me now, I would have slain thee and saved her alive. Are you there? Brothers and sisters, Balaam went and when he saw the people, he lifted his hand and he took up a parable and he said, the king of Moab has brought me out of the mountains of the east, saying, come and curse me, Jacob. Numbers 23, verse 7. How come curse me, Jacob, and defy Israel? How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how shall I defy whom the Lord has not defied? But from the tops of the rocks, I see him. Who can count the dust of Jacob? 
who can number the fourth part of Israel? He said, even one quarter of Israel, you can't count them. Let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like his. Balaam prayed that his end will be like the end of Israel. And you can see how Israel is becoming a mighty nation. The end of Israel. Yeah. And Balak said unto Balaam, what have you done? I took you to curse my enemies and thou hast blessed them all together. <laughs> and he answered and said, must I not take it to speak that which the Lord has put in my mouth? Are you listening to me? Curses weaken you and cause you to be defeated and humiliated. Curses cause humiliation and defeat. Curses cause humiliation, defeat, tragedy, and frustration. Frustration. Poverty and fruitlessness. That is why in order to fight someone, he said, come and curse. That is the only way I know how to fight this huge army, by curses. Curses today are real. And they are like the devil's garden I described in El Alamein. You can check after church. Not now. And stop frying eggs now when I'm preaching, please. The, the egg will never be nice. And I prophesied that that egg will be spoiled. It's not even fresh. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the strong ways that you are going to see enemies, the enemy is in the realm of curses. So curses are the next enemy. You see, when you are born in Ghana, there are certain curses you will encounter. If you are born in England, there are certain curses you will encounter. If you are born in America, there are certain curses that you just come to meet and they are part of the minefield. And if you step on certain things and put pressure on it, it will change and explode and it will change your life. So, the Bible says there are many adversaries, all right, but rise up and begin to contend with him in battle. So, I am sending you forth to dodge all minds and all forms of curses. You must dodge them. And the ones that are already activated, you have to know how to neutralize them and circumvent them. Or some are already activated. There's nothing you can do. So, to make it easy, I'm going to show you seven of the minds that you must overcome or dodge. You know, I once saw this word in Rick Joyner's book. 
He said the young ones are good at dodging evil. The young ones are good at what? Dodging evil. I never forgot that statement when I read it. That the young ones are good at dodging the evil. Not, not fighting it or dodging it. Because when it comes to the devil's garden, it's about dodging. Don't step on it. Don't go near it. See it. Say, hey, this one, no. This one is a mine. And that's what Princess Diana was trying to do to remove mines. To get countries to sign that they will not make mines again. So more than a hundred countries have signed that they will not make mines. Except America and Russia and I think China. The main makers are still making it. Because of the way it destroys people, mostly in peacetime. After the war, the mines are there. And when you step on it, and then it goes off. Now, in war, curses are used. More than once, I've heard the Holy Spirit whisper in my heart, use a curse now. Yes. And it will will help you. At the beginning of the church, you know, the Holy Spirit uh, prompted me when I was preaching one, one time to curse anybody who would spoil the church. Yeah. So, when you want to spoil the church, not me, the church, you'll find that that curse, which I, I spoke as a father of the church, will start affecting you. I don't have to say it today. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother. It's already in the Bible. But it's something that the Lord told me to do. One time, I was on a plane. And I was going to one of our churches which was having a crisis. And I didn't know what to do. And I asked the Lord. I remember clearly, I was on a Swiss air jet. It was quite a small plane. Almost like a private jet, but it was a public plane. And I remember we were flying like this top speed and I was praying what shall I do, what shall I say he said speak a curse to protect the church I don't curse orangus if somebody is an orangu I don't curse the person because 99% of all the pastors who have ever left me, 99% of them have come back to me 99%. Yes. Have come back at one point or the other. Yes. They are also my children. Sometimes when their fever comes, they behave a certain way. You see, demons don't want to, you to hear what I'm saying. Yes. I was saying that almost all not all, but most of them have come back. Jesus didn't curse Judas. He just warned him. 
But the church is protected with curses. Yes. And if you, you can leave the church, you can leave, but leave the church alone. Don't, you can't, you are trying to spoil the church or spoil the environment, scatter the church, spoil the, this thing so that when people come to the church, they say, hmm, we are smelling something. We are smelling something. There is a poo-poo here. There is a what? A wee-wee here. Yes. There's a vomit here. All because of you. And you are scattering the church. When Moses was going out, he, he placed a curse, Deuteronomy 28. And he, he proclaimed several curses. And all of them have come to pass. When you, next time you get the chance to go to Israel, there's a museum called the Yad Vashem Museum. It's one of the main things you see in Jerusalem. And it's important to go there. And when you get there, you must hold your Deuteronomy and read it. You should try to read it before you go to the, to the museum. It's one of the places they always take you. And you see the fulfillment of all those things there. Moses' warnings to the children of Israel. So curses are a mind field that you must not step on. And listen to what I'm saying. Because you watch people activate curses over their lives. And they even wonder what is happening to themselves. After. Now, when you come into this world, one of the first things that is going to fight you, number one, is the curse of Adam. Or is the curse on work in this world. Well, the Bible says, to Adam, it, it, it said to him, you'll be cursed. You see, in the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread. So it's going to fight you doggedly all through your life. So you must actually contend with that. You know, it causes you to have very little. You sweat a lot and you work hard and you work for a long time and you get very little. That is the characteristic of almost every work in this world. There's very little reward for almost every job, including the highest paying jobs. Yes. Because you can have everything, but you sit down in uselessness and depression and you even wonder, why have you been working? So, if you are not wise, it, you will sweat and sweat and sweat and sweat all through your life. And you need the wisdom of God. Now, for me, one of the things that saved me from that particular curse when I came to this world was Matthew 6.33. It said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that people are dying for shall be added. If today I have five CDs in my pocket, it's not from, it's not from working as you know it. But it's from all these things shall be added. Not, not worked for, but added. Yes. 
It's true. So it's circumvented. For me, being in the ministry, circumvented that case. Because honestly, since 1989, I've never worked for money. No, no. Even when I had nothing, I've never worked for money. I've only worked for God. My whole life is dedicated to working for God. No. If I wanted to be rich, I wouldn't have stayed in Ghana. I was with my classmates when they were all doing exams to leave the country and to go to America. You can Google on the internet and ask how much is a surgeon paid in the USA? How much is a gynecologist paid? How much is a psychiatrist paid? How much? You can Google it for yourself and see. You have an idea of what it means to be a doctor. Are you listening to me? Following the word of God can save you from that curse. And that's why every parent is telling you, will tell you, go to school. And even when people come into the ministry who want to work in full-time ministry, we always encourage them to be educated. There are many people whose school fees we pay. I think I can see one, someone sitting around here. She came to work. I said, go, go to school and finish. And as long as she has been working in our office, she has been doing uh, exams to become a chartered accountant. And she just, she just became a chartered accountant. I always encourage, become a doctor, become this, become to do whatever. It's like education is good. It's a general uh, wisdom key to fight this case. Because otherwise... You just have a lot of hard labor with very little. Even an chartered accountant has very hard labor. Many, many doctors are very poor. How much more just a pure laborer who is earning 20 CDs a day for carrying concrete. Hmm? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So, Wisdom. Don't step on it, but this one, there's nothing you can do about it. It is here already. Who is the highest office in this country? It's our president. Has it been easy for him? Has it been easy for him? He's getting to 80. He would have thought that it's time to rest and put uh, his feet up to relax. It's now to do more. A grandfather. Yes. Because he looks so young, you, you, it will not strike you that he's a grandfather. Even I am a grandfather. Uh, you never knew that I was a grandfather. Uh, it's not easy for any office, including pastors. But it's something that Adam has passed on to all of us. And if you don't take care and you go to school and spend your time fully in school, you are establishing the curse upon your life in a way that is intransigent and is intractable. 
Check intractable. The meaning of intractable. You receive intractable poverty. Unmanageable. Uncontrollable. Ungovernable. Out of control. Out of hand. Impossible to cope with. So the curse of poverty becomes intractable, which means what? Number one, unmanageable, uncontrollable poverty, and what? Ungovernable poverty, out of control poverty, out of hand, impossible to cope with. That's intractable poverty. <laughs> are you listening or you are leaving? Yes. So that's the case of Adam. And he's going to meet you. It met me. Yes. You know, when I finished working, when I finished medical school, 1989, 10th of March, I started my housemanship from the 1st of April. And I finished the next year, May 19, 1990. I've never been poorer by working for all my seven years of hard work than in, in that season. So my seven years of going to school, I, had, I was now experiencing unmanageable, uncooperative, out of control difficulties. Because that is what is promised in this world. Unless God is able to lead you, and unless you have the wisdom of God, and unless God guides you, it will finish your calling, and you see that you have nothing left. Yeah. If God has called you, if God is sending you, that may be the way out. But many people think that it's the way down, it's the way to their destruction. It's the way to their, their destroying their life. But all the young people know who have sent over the years. Most of them can say they do not want to return to the world. They will tell you. They will be honest. It's a way. Serving the Lord is different from laboring to eat bread. I don't do anything to eat bread. I don't even know how much bread is costing today. You'll be there soon. You'll be there soon. You'll be there soon. Why should you have to send for them to buy a tin of milk when you are going to drink a cup of tea? You are now sending. And they go and buy tea bags in one, one by one. They, they buy the tea bag, one tea bag, two tea bags. They've counted it for you. And sugar, they've tied it. They've tied the sugar. Your life is changing from today. (laughs) Number two, the next curse is the curse on marriage and relationships. And this one affects the woman's. 
a lot more. He says, your desire shall be for the man. As a punishment. Uh, a woman who doesn't need a man, but now she needs the man. Because she's punished to need a man. And in sorrow you shall give birth. So all sadness is connected to the family. Not easy to escape. And that is why we have love songs. And honeymoon. And other things. To try to ameliorate that curse. So that the curse will not be fully established. And become intractable in your life. And manageable and cooperative. Out of hand. It's true. Because as you think you are falling in love with a beautiful girl, not knowing that the girl is under punishment and she has come to you as part of her prison sentence. You think you are in love and you have seen a brother, you are so excited. Yesterday I was officiating a wedding the bride was giggling, I tell you. She was giggling. She couldn't control herself. When she said, I do that, she'll be laughing. <laughs> she was excited. Her dreams had come true. Hmm. Meanwhile, she has been sentenced to a punishment. Hmm. Have you ever seen a prisoner on the way to jail who is very happy? I'm going to prison. Wow! I'm wearing a good dress to go for my punishment. Hmm. Without wisdom, eh, you'll be so sad when you are giving birth. But wisdom of medicine makes giving birth quite safe. And much of the sorrow in giving birth is overcome by wisdom. Most cases are overturned by wisdom. Yes. Not even prayer, by wisdom. Yes. People go and give birth, they didn't even feel any pain at all. They come and say, what are you talking about pain? Man, I thought I was supposed to breeze, man. I was just, I just, I just went through, man. What are you talking, man? It not be anything. I mean, people say, I want to go again. I want four. I want three. I want four. I want five. Through science and intelligence and wisdom, they have made the curse small. In that regard. But you also see, are you listening to me? You also see a lot of sorrow in marriages. Oh yes. Sometimes you see a couple, they look so nice together. I mean like they look like they... A, a key in a keyhole, like you were made for each other. <laughs> Have you seen what I'm talking about? Like they, they look perfectly combined, tailor made. But when they start discussing their problems, you, the pastor, will become tired before you start speaking. 
Some of the unhappiest couples have the nicest photographs together. I have seen so many nice photographs of couples that actually now a nice photograph of a couple alarms me. I usually have my antennas going up and say, because many times the photographs are a compensation for realities. They are a compensation for the sadness. If we can't be happy, let's at least have a picture. Ladies, I tell you, receive wisdom. And I'm telling you, the person, I see, sometimes you see women going to see other women for uh, wisdom. I tell you, an older woman, yes, who has known how to stay with a man. But a man will best tell you how to stay. If, let's say, you were going to marry me, God forbid, let's say you were going to marry me. You get what I'm saying? I mean, you need advice on how to stay with me. Do you know? I don't eat. I don't eat. Uh, what is that? Uh, 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 I don't know what you are talking about, but I don't eat that particular food. <laughs> you have to undergo some training. Yes. And I will best be able to tell you what I don't like, not somebody's theory. Yes. And that's why I'm prophesying and praying, praying for you. Every time it's time for wedding, you see, you see my wedding programs in my car. Plenty. I officiate weddings all the time of all the children. I bless them, pray for them. Hey, I want them to be happy. Do you know how many honeymoons I've been paying for? For years I've been paying for people to, for honeymoon. Not, I don't pay for, uh, the, uh, what is it? All the waste of money. Happiness. Happiness. On When you go down here by the Jado, you see a little house. It's called On and On Honeymoon Mansion. On and On Honeymoon Mansion. It's a symbol of happiness. It is not easy to be happy because of the curses. I'm telling you. And that is why most pastors and ministers, they are advised first, be the husband of one wife, if you can. Because it's like the marriage is like the first trouble. If you can overcome that one. So brothers and sisters, God, these ones are already activated minds. So there's nothing you can do about it. But the next one is the curse of Noah. Noah. You say, what do I have to do with Noah? You have a lot to do with Noah. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Noah is not a Ghanaian I know he's not a Ghanaian 
Let, let me explain to you how you are connected to Noah. How many want to know your connection to Noah? There was a time when God told Noah to take his family into the ark. And he sent a flood. And the flood covered, all this mampong was covered with the flood. Everybody in this whole area died. And there was only one ship alive. And that was Noah and his three sons. So the whole world restarted with Noah. So Adam is our father, but Noah is actually our current father. Yeah, because everybody came from these three boys, his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And one day, one of his sons, he drank some wine. Noah mastered the art of turning grapes into wine. Huh? And as he made the wine, one day he drank a lot. Yes. All his friends were dead. He was lonely. And he drank some wine. And he took off all his clothes. I think maybe he was dreaming of something. Took off all his clothes. And one of his sons came there. And that son was called Ham. Ham is the father of Egypt, Libya, and the African uh, nations. You can check in the Dutch Bible. And when he woke up, he found that his other two sons had come to cover his nakedness. But one of them had uncovered him. And he cursed. He said, a servant of servants shall thou be. Now that case, you see, hamik, hamik, is affecting us. Servants cannot build. Servants, servants, usually don't build. The house help has a house help. So the house help of the house help. Is he usually rich? So Noah sentenced a section of the population in the world to poverty. And today, if you go around the world, whether from Brazil to India to Africa to Australia to anywhere to America, there is perhaps nothing that can explain, including experiments in our brains and our brains have been shown to be as bright as the brains of anybody else yes but there's something that doesn't work that's why we are sitting here they say vaccine our vaccines are maybe they say Mozambique is coming in five years time the the vaccine will get there in five years time It's like telling real people are being vaccinated whilst we are here. If it were not for the grace of God, like, like there's nothing left of us. Yes. So, brothers and sisters, when you come here in this environment, you come and meet the curse. The curse of being a servant of servants. 
people, some people don't believe it, but you see, it's rather better to believe it and fight it and neutralize it. In my book, How to Neutralize Curses, I reproduce a speech by P.W. Bota from South Africa. He prophesied and predicted things about black people, which were very some way. And everyone who hears it must decide that you will prove that it, 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 it is not true. You must read everything he said, you must reverse it. That's it. But you see, we keep on fulfilling it. Look at our independence. Year after year, we sit down, government after government comes, and now people hardly expect anything to change. It's almost like people cannot, is it ability to lead us forward? Literally, look at South Africa, how it is turning out to be. It's happening practically. Look at Zimbabwe. So, brothers and sisters, I remember Ronald Bonke, he went to Lesotho to preach as a young man. And he stayed there for about eight years. And he said at the end of eight years, what have I learned? He said, I've learned that Africa was not waiting for me. He said, I've learned that there is, like, to work in Africa, there, there are no resources. There's no money to work. As he tried to preach in Lesotho, he couldn't break through at all. He couldn't even do crusade. He had to, he had to relocate from Lesotho, move to Johannesburg, and then eventually move to, um, to Germany and move to America to get support. Every crusade he does, nobody gives him money. He takes his own money to go and do crusade. He said, what I learned from being in Lesotho for eight years, I saw that there's no resource to do anything. Because of the environment. And if you go to Lesotho, Today, recently I was in Lesotho and I saw something I have not seen anywhere really. Real shepherds. Like there are people who are actually shepherds. Their work is to sit on the field watching the flocks by night and by day. 21st century. Yes, professional shepherds. Are you listening to me? Then you have the curse on liars and thieves. That one, don't step on it. Amen. Everybody here must, you see, you, you joke with being a liar. But to lie you are going to open yourself up to curses. Amen. Zechariah chapter 5 or Malachi chapter 1 verse 14. Cursed be the deceiver. Cursed be what? The deceiver. 
Anybody here, when you come to this world, make yourself such that you never deceive anybody. Because Malachi 1 verse 40 says, Cursed be the deceiver. The other day I was having a meeting and I asked a brother a question. I knew he was going to lie. I said, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie. Don't lie. Because you bring a curse on yourself. That's why many people get into politics. Christians, and that's the end of their Christianity. Malachi 1.14 Cursed be the deceiver. Joshua 9.22 and 23 It says, Joshua called for them and spoke to them saying, Why have you deceived us? Why have you deceived us? Why have you deceived us? Now therefore you are cursed. And you shall never cease being slaves, both hewers of wood and drawers of water for the house of my God. Why have you deceived us? Why are you a liar? I'm telling you, as soon as you step on that one, your life starts to change. Yeah. As you step on it, the devil's garden, you lie. And deceive. And for me, one day I found myself defenseless because I was surrounded by lies. And I placed a curse. I said, Father, anyone deceiving me. You see, this apart from the verses in the Bible, I am also activating a curse for my own personal protection. Let the person be cursed in my life. You see, what is curse? Humiliation, defeat, poverty, frustration. You see, demotion. The Bible says, thou shalt come down very low and thou shalt not be above. It's one of the curses. Try with all your life to stay away from it. If they ask you a question you don't want to answer and you don't, whatever, just say, excuse me. Or go to the toilet. Something. Don't say you need to go to the toilet you don't need to go to the toilet, but go to the toilet and sit there for something to come at that moment. And something can come. You'll be shocked. Yes. Are you listening to the verses I'm reading from the Bible? Or I should stop reading from the Bible? Why have you deceived us? Joshua 9.22. Why have you deceived us? Those are the people who came to deceive them that they were from a faraway country. Why have you deceived us? You see workers, tailors will tell you, so, come tomorrow, but it's not true. Seamstress will deceive you. Say, so to be ready on Friday. When you go, it's not there. And what? Carpenters will deceive you. You ready? Steel benders, but it's lying. Welders, mechanics. You say, come tomorrow, come next week. Concrete mixers. And meanwhile, you are dealing with somebody who has cursed all liars in his life. 
Look, I'll tell you because I told you last time, but I don't know if you remember. I was watching a film. I will not tell you the name of the film. But the man in the film is a real blue man. Like, he's, he's really good at, I mean, fighting people, bad people. But he was, a, he was a bad man in this film. I was surprised to see that he was a bad man. But his son didn't like him because he was such a bad man. And his son cursed his father and walked away. I don't want to ever see you. But in the film, in the end, the father was with the son. And the son was about to kill somebody. And the father shouted, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then he went, took the gun from me and rather killed him. I said, if you kill this man, you will become like me. Look at how my life is cursed. Don't even touch that thing. Don't become a murderer. Don't become a liar. Don't become a deceiver. As a pastor. You know one time a pastor was, we invited a pastor to preach and he couldn't come. He just called on the phone and said, please tell them that I had to go to South Africa for a, a, a program and I was, I, was, I, was, uh, I was held up and my flight was held up because I'm not feeling well. So tell them that I've gone to South Africa. I mean, he, you are telling your host to tell a lie to the congregation. That is how people are used to telling lies as normal life. And people don't fear the scriptures. You are a pastor. You are a man of God. We should tell the people you've gone to South Africa. Stop playing games. Stop playing games with your relationships. When somebody finds out that you were a liar and that everything was not true, you lose everything. You lose everything and you discover that you'll be found to be a wretched liar and a deceiver and cursed be the deceiver. You will carry wood and carry, cut wood and carry water for the rest of your life because you've been found to be a deceiver. Don't step on it. It's called the devil's garden. As you are in this world, the devil is the god of this world. And he has placed the mind. As soon as you activate it, it's just following you. That's all. You know, I had a dream once. When you go on this campus, down at the other side, you see a junction called Snake Junction. It's not because there are snakes there. No, no, no. In fact, I've never seen a snake before. In fact, in this campus, I've never seen a snake before. Well, I've seen, I've seen a snake moving once. But it was a dream I had. In the dream, it was dark, but I was driving my bicycle. And I came to a crossroad like this crossroad there. And when I got there, you know how it is when you are riding a bicycle and you slow down, you may have to stop and then put your legs on the ground. Otherwise, you fall to the side. So I sort of slowed down and I was deciding, should I go right? Should I go straight? Should I go left? And as I was going around in the middle of the crossroads, a snake came out of the grass. A very long snake. The snake was as long as from this speaker here. All the way. Something like this. And it was slim. I remember, and it was, it was not daytime. It was like night, and I was alone. And it was long like this. And the snake came straight to me. And then I said, mm, I'm going straight now. 
So I started going, but the snake followed me. Yes. And I was riding with all my top speed, but the snake was following me. In fact, I was very unhappy to find out later that there's a snake that can run faster than the, the fastest sprinter. Yeah. A black mamba. Now, when I came out of the dream, the Lord told me, you see, when you got to the junction, you were dilly-dallying. That's what made the thing join you. And now it is following you. That thing that is following you is from your dilly-dallying at the junction when you go to the junction of your life. When you go to the junction of your life, you started playing around. Instead of going on the way that God had told you, you were playing and doodling and doddling at the junction. When I woke up, I decided to have a camp and call it Snake Junction based on that vision God had given me. That don't doodle and doddle and delay and play around at the junction of your life. Because it, you, you connect to certain things which will, you will be connected to for the rest of your life. <laughs> Proverbs 26 and verse 2 says, As the bird by wandering and the swallow by flying, so the curse, causeless, shall not come. Another one is a curse for stealing. Zechariah 5. Don't steal. Oh. Some of you have come to the campus, you are looking for what you can steal. Zechariah chapter 5. This is the curse that is for everyone that stealeth. Zechariah chapter 5, verse 3. There's a curse for stealing. Then there is a curse for disobedience. In Deuteronomy 28, and Derek Prince will tell you, he said the basic cause of every curse is disobedience. The basic cause for every case is disobedience. And Deuteronomy 20 says, if you shall hearken to the voice of God, all these blessings will come. But if you will not, all these cases. And from verse 15 to about 58, he gives a list of cases which are summarized in defeat, humiliation, sickness, poverty, frustration, demotion. It will be a summary of the whole of Deuteronomy 28. So when you come into this world, you are faced with so many things. Step. Step. No, 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 no. Don't step on that. Don't step on that. Don't be a deceiver. No. Don't be a liar. No. Don't be a thief. No. Don't be disobedient. Each one you step on is going to blow up in your face. And you see that you can't make it anymore. Because you are disobedient to God. And then, finally, the curse of dishonoring fathers. When you dishonor your father, You should expect. Cursed is he who dishonors his father or mother. Deuteronomy 27 verse 16. Whoso curseth his father or his mother, 
his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness. So brothers and sisters, I am a father to many of you and you, you have to handle me with care because I'm different from all your other teachers if I am your father. Maybe you are a visitor, I'm not your father. Maybe you just joined, I'm not your father, I'm just a pastor preaching. But for many of you and especially in this church, I'm the father that God gave you and of many watching. So you have to be careful when you are dealing with me. I am not perfect. Have never claimed to be perfect. You see, when you are born again, you don't become perfect. But you are different from how you used to be. I may not have attained perfection, but there is a difference between when I was not born again and now that I'm born again. And being a father doesn't mean you are perfect. Many of you are parents. Are you perfect? Don't even bring yourself. Handle with care, parents. They are different from others. A a father is like a glass, a body of glass. When you press it in a way, it will crack and it will Bring something different that you haven't expected. You'll be cut. And you cause a crisis in your own life. That's why I said, I mean, I don't curse my children. Including, they, they can say whatever they want to say, but I will not curse them. There are some people who think that I'm, I'm cursing them. No, 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 no. Even Jesus did not curse Judas. He just kept warning him. And at the point, said, you know, it would have been better that you hadn't even been born. Which is almost a curse or a type of curse. <laughs> Handle with care. Those of you who don't get on with daddy, you are a fool. You are a fool. You are a big fool. Yes, you don't get on with your daddy and your mother. What is in your head? Water. Is your head a watermelon? Are you so stupid to break one of the fundamental laws? You never know what your father does for you. You never know. You never see me when I'm working for you and I'm fighting for you. And that's why it brings cases. When we say the things that we've been through, you don't know half of it. So dishonoring of fathers and mothers, whether biological fathers, spiritual fathers, church fathers, be careful, my friend. There are some people, you know, who look very bold and strong when their fever comes. Yes. One time I called a sister. She's my daughter. 
I said to her, I said, you owe me to listen to me because I'm your father. No, no, she said, I, I can't talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. I said, wow. 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 You start stepping. You start stepping. You start stepping. You start stepping. I saw it in the spirit. People attacking me. And it boomerang back to them. Couldn't survive. Yes. You destroy yourself. Paul told Philemon, I don't want to say how you owe me even your whole life beside your life. Yes. When I'm fighting to build churches to provide a nice place for you and for different things and fighting many things at the same time for you, be careful with your father. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yes. I just want to warn you to be careful. As Paul warned, he said, I warned you as my children. You are, although you have 10,000 instructors, you don't have many fathers. And there's never too much warning about that. Never. Step and step and step. But be careful, you don't step on one of those. One day, my father died many years ago. I felt in my heart that I have dishonored my father. I started to try to see what can I do to honor my father who was not alive for me to honor him. Because I remembered certain events that happened and it disturbed me. Certain things I said and I did at that time in my anger. And I felt that my whole life was discolored because of that thing. There are certain things I can't say, I don't want to say in the preaching. But I tell you, I had to do certain things, even towards someone who is dead and gone. Be careful. You never know how or see how. That's why I said that. When I say 99% of those who have gone saying big things, not all, but 99, between 95 and 99, you say, how they have all come back. I differ quietly behind, call this. Can I see him? Can I talk to you? Can I see him? I want to come. This. Oh. One brother told me, he said, I want you to know all of us who are flesh, we are all watching you on TV or he told me because he left for some years. He said, We are we, we watch her. And he said, One day he heard me say something about something he knew I was referring to him and that I was not angry with him. It touched him so much that's why he even called to come back. Yes. So, brothers and sisters, the devil's garden is your next enemy to watch out for, whether here 
whether here. Now, I'm about to, there are two ways to get a blessing. One, you can have something spoken. Another one, something can be given to you. In the next few minutes, I'm going to give you something. It's a, the cup of blessing. Cup of blessing. Cup of blessing. Yes. Cup of blessing. You can give somebody blessing. Derek Prince. He said, are you listening? I'm ending. He said one day, he was in his house. And then, he had on his wall a, a kind of hanging that was given to him by his grandfather. And sewn, embroidered in it were Chinese dragons. He said his grandfather was a, a, in the British army posted to China. So when his grandfather came, his grandfather brought those things. And he was close to his grandfather. So when his grandfather passed on, those things were given to him. And he said it was very special to him. So he hung it in his house. He said one day he was praying. And the Holy Spirit said, you are a servant of God. What does a dragon mean? And he said, well, it's 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 the devil. He said, do you think that it is the right thing for a picture of the devil to be hanging in your house? So he said, no, I don't think so. So he decided, although he liked those things because it was from his grandfather, he put them away. Then he said, there was a visible change in his whole life. He described how even he had an inheritance that he should have got the money. But for a lot, for so many reasons, the money would not come to him. He said, everything changed. The money was released. His life changed. His relationship, the house atmosphere, everything changed when those dragons went out because they were cursed things. He said, that was one of how he even entered into the teaching on curses and the, how something given to you can bring a curse into your environment. Because in the Old Testament, when a woman was suspected to be, commit adultery, she was given some water to drink. And if she drank it the, and she was guilty, she would, she would receive a curse from what she drank. So, object given to you can transmit cases. It's shown in the Bible. Whatever represents an accursed thing in your life must go away. Yes. He said through the changes that came, he was able to suddenly get money with which he bought a house and then bought a house in Jerusalem. Yes. Where he lived till he died. That's, that's how he got his house in Jerusalem. Yes. He said it's very expensive to have a house there. When those Chinese dragons left his environment, he said even the relationship was like some heaviness went away. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping on things 
stepping on things. Having objects, those of you who dabble with certain beats and certain things that you have received, you keep it chains and cowries and other things. Hmm. Oh, yes. One of our pastors, I mean our own pastors, he went to his hometown for a funeral of somebody. Somebody close to him. In the north, after the funeral, he slept and he never woke up. He ate very well in the house. And he slept. He's our pastor, a lighthouse pastor. And they refused to give his body. This was up in the north. They refused to give his body for um, postmortem, for hospital, for nothing. Buried immediately. He, he ate it, and that was the end. Those who believe, once his food is food, I eat. Your stomach is open too wide. Your poverty and hunger as a bachelor have opened you up to everything. It's not everything that you eat and receive. Brothers and sisters, this is the next enemy. Charlie, try not to step on anything in this way. How many of you have already stepped on a a lot of bombs? Hey! That is why you must never hold back when it's time to give. Maybe your offering will bring a blessing and to superimpose. That's why you must never hold back when it's time for Holy Communion. That's why you must never hold back when it's time to serve God. Because maybe, maybe, there may be something that will save you and that will be a blessing to be superimposed over your life. May you escape divinely everything that is a curse so mentioned or described in your life in any way, form, or fashion. In the name of Jesus, standing to your feet. No talking, please, over there on that side. Can somebody make the people be quiet? Lift your hands like this. I want everybody at home, you are watching, you are part of the church service. I need you to lift your hand like high like this, high, and speak to God. Everybody, don't think of anybody. This is a prayer just for yourself. No one should move, please. No movement. No movement, please. Lift your hand and call. Don't, don't, don't look at your phone. Don't do anything. Incramonde Katiasa, 
Yes, Lord, Ambro Kite se monandas. Ibrasinke se posa. Icha fasiandos, Lord. Rike se mananda. Ibredike se. Forobunti anda kise mandos. Abrasinke le posa yandes. Yes. Father, for every hand that is lifted up, may we escape by our hands lifted up. We surrender ourselves to you. And we say, Lord, from henceforth, every devil's garden bomb and mine, we thank you that we are escaping from it. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you. Every evil that we have activated that has blown up in our face, we pray for the miracle power of restoration that we should be restored and delivered from our own errors and what have brought evil unto our own lives. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for healing for every one of us. Lord, I have mentioned certain cases and I thank you that although they doggedly fight us, your power and the power of a superimposed blessing makes a difference in our lives. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name, I pray for all the children, Lord. All of us who have dishonored our fathers. We've dishonored our fathers. We've, we've gone against your will and against your word. My God. Let there be a restoration, a turning around. A repentance. Oh God, a deliverance from the curse. The curse of repaying good with evil. My God, deliver us from it. Thank you. Lord, as we do activities that bring blessings, I pray for everyone whose hand is lifted up that we will never be tired of doing things to invoke and provoke blessings upon our heads thank you that the power of Satan in our lives is broken a great door and effectual is open may it not be neutralized by our own activation of curses in our lives I pray for all my children watching in every country everywhere all the churches First Love and every other denomination and Akazo assemblies and Kodesh family churches and other churches Lord my God let your blessing come to fight the curse that is activated I ask it and I pray for it and I pray for everyone that the blessing that was spoken during our weddings should be activated and fight for us in the name of Jesus when prayers were prayed over us let those prayers good prayers come to pass when blessings are spoken of us during communion let it come to pass your blessing I ask for it I pray for it and I ask for it Lord in Jesus mighty name
And everyone said, Amen. Sit down for a moment. I want to do something. I sense the need to take an offering. You know, we would have taken the offering in five minutes, but I want to take it offering now. I want you to believe God and neutralizing offering to neutralize curses. I just feel the need to do it and I want to obey what I feel. The spirit is dead. No communion now. We are doing offering. Yeah. Everyone should take whether hundred dollars. I'm sure a lot of people can give a hundred dollars. Maybe it's your last savings. Why not? Think about the curse you have activated. What can hundred dollars do? Can it save you from that problem? No. But a blessing can look the Bible says in Isaiah it says that destroy it not there is a blessing in it don't destroy it there is a blessing in it today there is a blessing here otherwise we will not be here this square is called Jesus Savior of the World Square we would never have used it as I'm here Sunday after I can't even believe it when I first saw this rock I said why don't we make this rock a, a stage and why don't we stand on it and preach one day you know and I'm here practically preaching. I'm I'm grateful to God. It's only a blessing that can make these things come to pass practically. So, my dear friends, brothers and sisters, let us trust God today for a special hundred dollar, thousand dollar, five hundred, anything, CD, dollar, whatever, against the curse working in your life. Your tithes, everything. This is the offering. We not there's no other offering again. Maybe I should actually take another offering, but this is the anti-curse one, actually. This is the curse prayer. So I want to pray with you with this. Okay. So this is actually not the offering. This is the anti-curse special prayer with you. I want to pray with you, and then after that, we are going to do the communion of praying with you. Because I don't want you to feel hopeless. No, 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 no. And I need you to listen to this preaching again. Because although things have just been mentioned in passing, they are very deep things. All relationships are affected by that curse. Your desire in sorrow, those words, they are affecting everything. Yes. And they were punishments from God. So this is not the offering. This is the anti-curse, whatever. The offering will be after the communion. Beautiful. Thank you, Lord. So, as many as believe and are part of this, lift it up and let's pray. Father, I thank you that the curse that seemed to have exploded in our faces, blowing off our legs, my God, thank you. There is power to neutralize. Let this offering from Johannesburg to Geneva, from Accra to New York, let this offering neutralize it. I pray for everyone who is part of this special offering on this day. Be delivered in Jesus' name. Amen. On the screen, you know how to give the, the things on the screen showing you the numbers. In every country, 
You know how to give. Please, if you are giving by Vodafone, Vodafone doesn't work in this valley. As you can see, there's just forest around, all around us. So there's no reception for Vodafone. So either you queue it in and give it after or give to MTN, isn't it? MTN number is what? 024-631-8494. Okay? 024-631-8494. Beautiful. Fantastic. give. This is just about the curse that I preached about. Have we prayed over your anti-curse offering? Father, thank you for the people giving something, Lord. We we, we don't know really what to do because there are so many things we have activated. But we pray that this offering, if you can receive it as a special gift in the name of Jesus, so that a blessing will come to us and that the curse will be abated. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Ashes, I'm waiting for you. And then after that, very quickly, very quickly, very quickly, we're going to receive our communion next. And that also, I'm going to give you a cup. A what? A father is like a glass, uh, a glass human touching can break it and cause serious problems. Be careful, stand to your feet, everybody. Take your holy bread. Father, your word says the cup of blessing which we bless is it not the communion of the Lord Jesus Christ? As we come before this holy bread may we be blessed and healed as we lift up this bread turn it into the body of Jesus Christ for us and heal us of our plagues and our curses the body of Jesus Christ How many were part of the line the telling lies bomb? How many were part of the cheating bomb? And the wickedness bomb? How many were part of all the bombs? <clears throat> what is left of you? 
Do you have any legs left? This blood is the answer to all your mistakes. The blood, the blood that Jesus, the blood that Jesus shed for me. Way back on Calvary, oh, the blood that gives me strength. From day to day. From day to day, it will never lose its power. Sing it again, the blood that Jesus shed. Oh, yeah. The answer 
this is the this blood is the answer for our mistakes it is the reason for us all to be gathered here it's the payment for our crimes the biggest crimes and our lowest value that we've ever sunk to the blood matara matole makadomare matolitani mandana receive the blood of Jesus receive it lift your hands may your sins be forgiven may you be rescued from the lowest valley may you be picked up by the Lord from the highest mountain and brought into the camp of the redeemed the camp of the rescued, the camp of the forgiven, and the camp of the restored. Lift your hand, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. that is part of this great holy communion service. Lift your face up Lord. Reverse your anger. Reverse the curse Lord. Reverse the punishment Lord. Let the punishment end Lord. Let the blessing replace the curse. Superimpose upon our lives the goodness, the mercies from your heart oh Lord. Show us mercy and remember us. Thank you. Thank you. Receive the grace to be rescued and restored and be recaptured by the Lord and realigned into his will. May your life go on a higher and a better course from now. Whatever negative activations you have activated in the devil's garden, you are delivered from them now. You are set free and you are restored. Let his blessing, the blessing of his body and the blessing of his blood rest upon you in the name of Jesus. And everyone shouted, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And it reaches. And it reaches to the highest mountain.
and you don't know Jesus as your savior the blood of Jesus is flowing right now God wants to save you God wants to change you God wants to change your life forever and if you are here and you want Jesus blood to wash away your sins you want to become a new person yes you may not be perfect but you'll be different God will change you and save you by his blood if you are here like that today you want to give your life to God you want to give your life to Jesus lift your right hand like this right now and I'm going to pray with you God bless you lift it up high pastor pray with me I want to give my life to God I want to give my life to Jesus I want to be born again lift up your hand right now God is looking out for you God is calling you by name He wants to save you He wants to change you He wants to change your life to the lowest if you lifted up your hand if you lifted up your hand come to me come come from where you are standing come from the back come from upstairs you want to give your life to Jesus come this way come my friend clap for them as they come clap for them come on my brother god is calling you god is saving you god is changing you to the highest my sins I am a sinner but today say today I come to you just as I am forgive me everybody say forgive me cleanse me from my sins I give my life I can't hear you say I give my life I give my heart to Jesus Christ from today Please write my name in the book of life. From today, I am born again and I am a child of God. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, lift up your hand again like this. We are going to bind the devil. Say, Satan. In the name of Jesus, from today, I will not follow you again. I will not obey you again. I belong to Jesus Christ and I will serve Jesus Christ. Lift your two hands. Say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. I love you, Jesus. Say, I love you, Jesus, 
I thank you, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you. I want to give you one of my books that I wrote. Show them. Give them all. One. I'm giving you a present. When you go home, they ask you, what did you get? Then you show them the book. Gift quickly. God bless you. Clap for them. So many people are saved this morning. What a blessing. It will never lose its power. Those of you who have come, come this way to the side. To the highest mountain. Go this way. bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.